What's going on, Card Nation? Welcome back into another brand new episode of The Breakdown here on a Thursday night. Taylor Lynch, Lewis Metzinger back in the studio after a uh, little two-month hiatus here for the summer. Kind of recharge our batteries, do some traveling and uh, whatnot and have some vacation time. But we are back. We are with you just in time for the start of fall camp and that means that college football is right around the corner so lots of stuff to get into with that also we've got the of course the urban meyer news coming out at ohio state uh, to get into as well some basketball recruiting stuff uh, seems like chris mack has definitely hit the ground running with that so we'll get into that as well of course you guys can hit us up on twitter as always it's at taylor lynch at Lewis Metzinger, and then, of course, at The Breakdown UL. And then, of course, you can check out the website, thebreakdownul.com. I am going to start doing the summer preview posts for the different uh, parts of the football team, the different position groups. So we'll start getting those out uh, as we lead up to the start of the football season in Orlando against the mighty, mighty Alabama Crimson Tide. Lewis, what's going on, my man? Welcome, welcome. Not a whole lot, dude. Um, I'm, you might have done some traveling. I didn't leave my house for two months. so. Well, that's good, uh, though. Sometimes you need a vacation like that. <laughs> that's, that's true. It's I like not leaving the house, so I was fine with it. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's been a, a minute. It's been... Uh, been, it's been a decent summer. It's not, you know, being summer as an adult is just it's it's just a hotter version of the rest of the year. <laughs> that's about it. So. I was thinking about that too. Not having school is okay. Yeah, I was thinking about that too because I'm, I'm like I remember you know being in school and, and so looking forward to the summer because it was summer vacation and you know you were out for you know two two and a half three months something like that, um, and then you kind of just could relax and then when you're an adult and it's like. Okay, just like you said, it's like every other day it's just really, really hot outside because, you know, with work and everything, you don't you don't get a break. You don't get a vacation. But um, I am going to get to take a, a little a little away trip uh, for like a long weekend uh, coming up here soon. So that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that. But there you um, go. But yeah, you know, when you're when you're adulting, that's what you do. You don't have time to take these uh, crazy vacations like uh, like the kids can do. You've got to, you nah. know, you know, go go make that money. Go go stack that paper. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, mm-hmm. you get to have fun doing it cuz you make uh, all these really cool videos um, that uh, I always enjoy seeing and you can go ahead and uh, if you want to plug the YouTube channel cuz it's it's awesome and um, you do really good work and I'm really proud of you. So you should uh, you should promote that as much as you can cuz it's it is really good work, and you're building a following, dude. I'm seeing it on Facebook and uh, Instagram. People, uh, people comment and want to know what you're using and how, and how you're doing it. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. Mostly, work's given me some freedom. So, um, you know, just started doing the commercials that'll be actually on TV. Oh, dude, uh, for real? No, nothing fancy. Nothing fancy. Just oh, yes, pretty it is. formulaic, but. Um, but you know they'll they'll look better than the current ones that are running. That's for sure. So well, uh, that's that a good going. thing. That that's a yeah. good thing. No, you should be very proud of that. So um, so yeah, so football season right around the corner. Bobby Petrino met with the media today, actually, to uh, do his little opening of fall camp press conference. Uh, talked about a lot of guys that he was encouraged about and excited about. Um, 
and has made the comment several times, Lewis, that, and he made the same comment at ACC Media Day, that the offense may actually be better uh, this season than in seasons past. I'm going to leave the verdict out on that one. Um, yeah, I'm going to wait on that one. <laughs> I'm going to reserve, hold back my judgment on that one. Um, but I do think there is a lot with this team and this season to be excited about. Uh, I know that, you know, the national forecasts and the national pundits don't necessarily think too high of Louisville. I think in the in the Athlon Sports um preview there they've got louisville at six and six and three and five in the acc uh that i don't think is going to be um good enough for anybody in cardination and i know not good enough for either one of us but as we get towards it lewis as we approach this football season with camp starting tomorrow where are you at as far as expectations what's I am one, and I have been on record on LSL, um, that I think that this Louisville team is a 9-1 football team. And I have had people look at me like I'm crazy, but then I've also slowly brought people over to my side. So as far as expectations go, what are what are your expectations for this season? You know, I feel like we say this every season, but and I, we probably have, but it's 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 so. I think it's completely wide open, and I think more so than other seasons because we've had uh, three seasons of Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. and then before that, um, you know, we had you know we had that little off year where we had the mixture of um, Reggie Bonifon, Bolin, Kyle Bolin, and, and Will Gardner. Uh, Will Gardner. Um, so yeah, that that was. And then we had Bridgewater before that. So we've just had this this incredible span of quarterbacks um, that have been, um, you know, the greatest to ever play here, um, you could argue. So mm-hmm. coming into a complete fresh start, essentially, um, with a quarterback that we've seen little to no reps <laughs> being taken. Yes. Um, it, it's just offensively i i offensively no idea no idea what the quarterback position and then we have an entirely new defensive coordinator who has a very all over the place you know history so it's <laughs> true it is a complete toss-up i think um i usually lean towards probably like somewhere around that eight and four uh nine and three that's that's really the safe spot i, I would say you know, somewhere between seven and five and eight and four, I think is. Believe there's always the the really bad case where you, you know, you go five and seven, you pull the UK and go five and seven, or, or uh, you know, the six and six even. But I think with an entirely new offense and and an entirely new quarterback and an entirely new defensive coordinator, I, I think that eight and four, seven and five would be respectable. The problem is that's where we've been with our best teams. So exactly. if you land there again with a brand new team and with all these new pieces, like what what real progress have you made under Petrino 2.0? Well, and I think that's a legitimate question to ask. We're going into year five of Bobby Petrino's second stint here at Louisville, and I 
I think it's safe to say there has not been the level of uh, the the expectation level has not been met that people had when when we, they found out initially that Bobby was coming back. It's just the way it is. It has not been the ten win, eleven win seasons that everybody thought we were going to have. And you mentioned it having the best player in college football. And what did you do with him? You you know you won eight games and you won nine games. And then or you won nine games. You won nine games. You won eight games. With the best player in college football. With the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, that's what you did. Louisville vastly underachieved with Lamar Jackson. And I don't think you'd be hard-pressed to find any Louisville fan that would disagree with that. Louisville terribly underachieved with Lamar Jackson. And a lot of that can, you know, be credited to the defense and the inconsistencies that they had on defense during Lamar's time here, the inconsistencies that they had on the offensive line during Lamar's time here. I mean, there there are other things that you can point to as to why Louisville underachieved, but the bottom line is they did. So now you're going into year five. You have a brand new quarterback. But when I look at focusing, let's just focus right now on, on the offense itself since you brought it up. So... Looking just at the offense itself, with Lamar Jackson gone, and now you put Jawan Pass in his place. Jawan Pass has, or Puma Pass, whatever you want to call him. His mama call him Puma, I'm going to call him Puma. Um, But you look at what he has around him. He has a better supporting cast than I think Lamar ever had in his entire time here at Louisville. Now, he did have, you know... He had some quality wide receivers, um, but I'm talking about when you look at the offensive line, when you look at the running back position, and of course when you look at the, the wide receivers. I think Juwan and or Puma has more of a a cohesive unit around him. I, I think hands down he's got a better offensive line than Lamar ever had. Um, yes. He's okay. got he's got experience there that Lamar never had an experienced offensive line, and Puma has that going into this season. Um, he has a stable of running backs. Now, whether they can all get healthy is going to be yet to be seen, but he's got a stable of, of running backs that have shown that they have the talent, they have the ability. There are some true freshmen coming in. Um, the Hassan kid that Bobby talked about today in his press conference that he's really looking forward to seeing out on the field as a true freshman uh, that could come in and, and start and play uh, meaningful minutes for Louisville. So there is talent around Puma for this offense to really be a steady unit, be a unit that you can rely on. So I guess as far as the offense goes, I'm not that concerned. Where my concern is is with that defense. And just like you said, you know, Van Quarter's got kind of a up and down coaching legacy, so to speak. Um, he had some really, really good teams at Notre Dame. He had some really not so good teams at Notre Dame, especially towards the end of his tenure. Um, but he had some really solid defenses at Georgia. So I think you kind of have to take a wait-and-see approach. You don't really know what exactly you're going to get. Are you going to get, you know, an aggressive Todd Grantham style of defense? Are you going to get, you know, more of a, well, God, I hope you don't get a Peter Sermon style of defense because I don't think that is a style. I think that's just guys standing out on the field. Um, so, <laughs> woof. so you don't really know what you're going to get, and I think there's a level of excitement 
to that. Um, and you hear the players talk about, you know, it's a, it's a complicated system, but it, it's, it's a good system. They enjoy it. They like it. They feel like it's going to work for them. So that's always good to hear. But that is where my concern is. And I, maybe concern's not the right word, but just the most unknown part for me is on that defense because you have your guys that actually produced on that defense are gone now. So you have to replace that. You have to replace the Stacey Thomas. Uh, you have to replace guys like that. And you're replacing these key contributors on a unit that didn't contribute. So that, that is a little, uh, that's a little scary. But I think Louisville has recruited really well on that side of the ball. I think you bring in some guys like a PJ and Banasaur, uh, like a Rajay Burns that can come in and contribute right now. And that's, that's good to see. That's good to know that they're going to be there. Um, I think that that could be the unit that surprises us the most this season. Yeah. And the problem is, I, I think that you have, again, so much unproven, um, unproven on the coaching staff. You have so much unproven on the field and <laughs> You have to start their year with the reigning national champion. So you don't really have any time to put the pieces together outside of camp, essentially. You're, and now, take that for what it's worth. It could be, you know, trial by fire right off the bat right. and be a positive, or it could be a real downer on the season. Because if you go in game one, you play really well versus Alabama, and you, you, know, you make a name for yourself. Maybe you don't win the game whatever but you play really well but you go in there and you get absolutely smacked then you got to come what what do you come home after that and you play nobody state is that yeah indiana, indiana state and then you play um western kentucky at home yeah so you've got you've got those two two games to kind of kind of you know lick your wounds a little bit so and you know that can always be what what you consider a trap game because a team like indiana state could come in and be super hungry you're licking your wounds and they beat you like it, it could it's just it could go either way and mm-hmm. it's it's with a with a new coaching you know new coach on one side of the ball new offense on the other side of the ball new defensive pieces all these freshman guys the good thing i will say is that louisville has a really really good track record with having stud freshman guys um and even if it's not that many of them there's usually one or two that really stand out um and and i think that even if guys don't don't jump off the page right now, like size wise and, and competing with other, you know, similar size across the, the conferences. We always have those couple guys that really make a name for themselves right off the bat. So I, I expect that to happen again this year. Don't know where it's going to be. I know there's a lot of names, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing new guys on the field because you kind of get into this little rut of having, you know, not that they were bad at all, but having the same guys on both sides of the ball. And when you come in fresh, have all these new pieces, it's almost like a learning experience for the players, the team, and the fans. So I really like that aspect of it. Well, it's definitely going to be the new pieces on the defensive side of the football because when you look, the two returning starters that they have are Dorian Etheridge uh, at linebacker and Russ Yeast at corner. Those are your two returners on the defensive side of the ball. Now you've got guys that have, you know, seen significant playing time you've got a gg robinson henry famorea uh john grenard you know cj avery 
these type of guys that have played significant minutes but just haven't started, they're coming back. Um, so you've got some some experience coming back. Um, but then you look at the offensive side of the ball, and this is why I say I don't worry so much about it. Jalen Smith, Seth Dawkins, Des Fitzpatrick, Kenny Thomas, Robbie Bell, Lucas McNeil, Mackay Becton, Mickey Crum, Day Williams. These are all guys that are coming back that have either started or played significant snaps for Louisville. I mean, just as I ran it off there, your left guard, your center, your right guard, and your right tackle are all coming back. That started last year. Lamar Jackson didn't have that one time where every single one of them came back. So, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited just because it's football. But um, I think you made a good point about the Alabama game. And we'll talk about that, of course, more as we get closer to the game. But it's kind of like the, no pun intended, the elephant in the room all summer um, is that Alabama game and, and opening the season against a defending national champion. I am excited for the challenge. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm looking forward to see how Louisville stacks up against what will once again be the best team in college football this season. Um, but you're but you're right. If you come into that game and you play well, but you you know you still get beat, that could set you up to have a really good season. If you come in and get smacked, that could really set you back. And I think this team. With all the young guys that are on the team this year, you can't afford to have a game like that, I don't think, to start the season where you come in and you get smacked and your confidence drops. Because then that could really set you back, especially with with a bunch of young guys. I think you have to come out and you have to hope that they can just play well and and make an impact um, not only on themselves, but but on the national media. Because the national media and the national landscape, I mean, they are down on this Louisville team right now. And, you know, when you lose Lamar Jackson, that can be expected. But I am not one of those people that is so down on this team. I think that this has the opportunity to be a really good team. And I take my cues from Bobby Petrino. I mean, if he is openly talking about this team and and how good he feels about this team, to me, that, that counts for something. And people say, well, what's he supposed to say? He's supposed to say his team's terrible and he, and he thinks they're going to, you know, lose six or seven games this season. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he wouldn't have to go out of his way to make it a point. You get what I mean? Like he yeah. he has made it an, a, a point to say how confident he is and, and how much he likes this team. If he didn't. He could just say, "Yeah, we've got some really good pieces, and uh, hopefully, you know, we're gonna we're gonna work really hard, and we're gonna put together a good season." But yeah. he has he has gone out of his way to make these comments. Yeah, my my father in law always says, like when Bobby has that quiet, like smile look to him, yes, that's when you need to watch out. And so, uh, you know, I, I haven't watched too many interviews, so I don't know what what kind of face he's got going. But you know, typically if if Bobby's got that quiet confidence, I think the fans can have it too. But again, just to, to be the devil's advocate here, we have had arguably the best player in college football, one of the best players in the history of college football, and we have little to show for it other than an obliteration of Florida State, which I rewatched for the 500th time probably. Uh, <laughs> I watched that this afternoon. So. My question to you, and I've heard it floated around a lot since Lamar left and and we've started gearing up for this coming season, 
and we've heard the talk about the offense and how the offense is it could be better, um, could you know, I guess could operate better, could function better now. I kind of, I don't know. Do you think that it is because, and and the reason people say that is because Louisville and Bobby Petrino will be able to get back to the style of play and the style of play calling that he's used to. Not so much that, you know, Lamar Jackson was a hindrance for this team because he wasn't at all. Um, they, he was oftentimes, he was the only good thing that this team had going. Um, but I think you change what you do and you change your philosophy so much when you have a player as dynamic as Lamar that you kind of let him go out there and just do what he does. And you kind of put, you know, some of the things that you wanted to do or that you normally would do to the side, and you just let him go out there and be an athlete and do what he does and be the quarterback. Um, so now I think with with Lamar moving on and Juwan Pass being more of a traditional, you know, pocket pass or drop back type of guy, that maybe Bobby will be able to get back to more of the things that he's used to doing, and maybe that's why people think the offense will flow better and be better uh, and be more efficient. I don't know. That's that's my theory. Yeah, I think that that everyone's like one big criticism of Lamar was he always tried to make like the home run play a lot of the time. Um, so yes. he would he would do whatever he could to you know. He he wasn't satisfied with with a three or four yard gain. No. He wanted a thirty or forty yard gain. No, because he's a gamer. Um, absolutely, but it it, it benefited. Um, I would say the majority of the time, but also it was it hindered the team at some points, like when they just needed to kind of grind out a drive mm-hmm. um, to kind of stay in a game. And he was always trying to make the big play. It could end in a costly interception or a fumble, which we saw a lot. Or a sack um, way back in the backfield. Or a sack way back. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of a lot of games, but, um, you know, that the U.K. game two years ago was, you know, that was him trying to do too much and, you know, may or may not have been a bad fumble call. We'll, you know, let that lie. But mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. And I think having a quarterback that's very young, Maybe a little bit less. Um, maybe I'm not going to say less of a gamer because I don't know, but a little less uh, swag. <laughs> a little less <laughs> dynamic. Swag. Is that maybe yeah. where you're going? A little less dynamic. Can I save you uh, from yourself on that one? <laughs> yeah, just just save me from the embarrassment of me trying to talk hip. That was but, terrible. Um, that, that was that was, was awful. Terrible. I thought I was bad. Yeah, but just a less. Um, you know, more by the book. I think that. That having somebody that can Bobby can dial in the play and know that uh, the play is most likely going to be run exactly like he dialed it up. So <laughs> I think that could be his confidence. That's true. That's true. And and I can see that. So we're kind of on the same wavelength there on that one. But yeah, it, it, he is definitely uh, Jawan Puma. Whatever. I'm going to do this all season. So you might as well just get used to it. He is definitely more of the type of quarterback that Bobby is used to to having. So I could definitely see how how that could change things. I could change the way that this team operates and, and the way that the offense operates. But I will tell you, as far as him being a gamer and that sort of thing, he is definitely... Um, one of the leaders on this team, and, and Bobby made it a point today uh, in his presser to actually say that that you know he is he is a guy that has been a leader, has embraced that role, and uh, and guys have followed behind him. And I think 
if you can take anything from you know the talking season, as we call it, um, this time leading up to the start of this season and the start of camp, if you can take anything from the talking season, I think that is the one thing that you can take and feel really good about is that he is one of those leaders and that guys are following behind him because I think that's that's what you want, especially from a guy stepping into the position for the first time as the guy. If he's already got people that are willing to follow him, that just that already puts you a couple steps ahead of everybody else. And so that's that's really good to hear and that's exciting to hear. Um yeah, we won't even I don't even want to touch predictions yet for uh for this season or for or for that first game uh of the season. I will I will let that go for a little while because I do want to, you know, go out to a couple practices and watch the guys and, and kind of start to form opinions and and like I said, we will start uh, working on some of those uh some of those pieces for the website uh, with some position breakdowns and that sort of thing. So we'll start working on those uh, as we lead up to the start of the 2018 college football season. Thank goodness it's almost here. It's been a long, long summer, uh, especially here, because you've still got all of the basketball stuff going on. Um, and it's just like, God, can we just can we just get to football? But of course, you know, we, we can't enjoy football for too, too long once the season starts because, you know, a few days after that, Rick Pitino's new tell-all book drops. So, um, you know, just continue to rain all over our parade. We can't even have one nice week. And then, the, and then his new book drops. So that's... Yeah, I'm, I'm avoiding it. I, I feel like I honestly need to mute uh, the words Rick and Pitino <laughs> on Twitter because I just honestly could not care. I don't either. Less. I don't either. Will I probably read the book? Yeah. But will I hate myself the entire time I'm reading it? Yes. Because will I make you tell me the highlights and yes. not listen to anything else? Yeah. Yes. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Because I do. Like, I, I kind of – part of me – God, part of me wants to know what he's got to say. Part of me doesn't care at all what he has to say. So, I don't know. I'm very torn on that. I'm very torn on that. But I don't want to – I don't want to waste too much time on it because that's not what I want to talk about on this show. Uh, you guys know how to hit us up on Twitter at the Breakdown UL, at Taylor Lynch, at Lewis Metzinger, at TheBreakdownUL.com uh, for all of that stuff. Uh, speaking of the start, Lewis, of the 2018 college football season, it looks like Ohio State will be starting their season without Urban Meyer as the head football coach. Um, as far as I know, unless anything has changed uh, since this afternoon when I took my lunch break, uh, Urban Meyer still on paid administrative leave uh, from Ohio State, um, given the whole scandal that is going on right now uh, with the fact that one of his former assistant coaches, who was let go a few weeks ago, uh, come to find out he had been uh, abusing his wife um, since apparently 2009. Um the latest incident in 2015 is what really has Urban Meyer in hot water because apparently everybody in the Ohio State football program, coaches, coaches' wives, um, the kid that fills water bottles, everybody knew that this was going on except for Urban Meyer. Right, yeah. Urban Meyer's wife knew this was going on, but not Urban Meyer. Right. Definitely. Okay. 
And what's really bad is that he gets up at Big Ten media days and actually vehemently denies knowing anything about it. And then come to find out, thanks to the ace reporting of Brett McMurphy, that apparently there's enough evidence to suggest that he probably did know about it and then just did nothing. So now Urban Meyer's in hot water because of this whole scandal. Um, And they put him on paid administrative leave. And Lewis, if there's anybody that in college sports that are experts on paid administrative leave, it's every single Louisville fan. We all know about paid administrative leave and what it means and what's coming next. So how surprised will you be if Urban Meyer keeps his job? Um, geez, I feel like everyone else keeps their job except Louisville's coaches, so <laughs> honestly not that surprised. Honestly, though, I think because Ohio State has taken the the step to put him on administrative leave, you do that for two reasons. One, to negotiate a buyout. Or two, to find a reason to fire him with cause. So I would be surprised at this point if he does end up returning to coach at Ohio State. I would be I would be surprised. Now, like you said, the only coaches that ever get fired are Louisville coaches, so mm-hmm. that is true. But I, I would still be surprised because I think and you can you can thank uh our athletic department for shining so much of a light on scandalous things and and the immorality in college athletics but now i think because there's so much of a magnifying glass on college athletics that you can't let something like this go that maybe you could have let it go 10 years ago he's going to get suspended i don't yeah, think you maybe. have that option anymore to just to just you know suspend him or discipline him within the program or something i don't i don't know if you have that luxury now because everybody is watching what you're going to do. Everybody is staring at you to see what what you're going to do with this information, especially with as at the forefront of our of our minds as something like domestic violence is. So, I would really be surprised if this ends any way other than Urban Meyer looking for work this season. I hope so. Uh, I hope he. Does uh, anyone that that can? turn a, a blind eye to, to something that obvious and that um, that well-known is, is a scumbag, so deserves to be fired. Yeah, and I just, I just have a hard time believing, and I'm sure people have said this with us, with Louisville, with everything that happened here with Patino, so I'm not going to pretend to, you know, jump on my high horse because I know there's people in Ohio State that feel the same way we felt. There's no way he could have known. So I get that. But I will say there's no way he couldn't have known. There's yeah. when when you tell me that everybody else in the department knew but somehow you don't know, I really have a hard time believing that. And if your wife knows then you know. Yes. Yes. And I would have said the same thing if everybody at Louisville would have known about strippers of the norms, but Rick Pitino, yeah. then I would have said, okay, well then there's no way Rick Pitino didn't know. If everybody else knew, there's no way he didn't know. Right. So that is a little bit different, but I'm, I'm not comparing strippers to domestic violence either. That's, that's two totally different things, but yeah, I, I don't know how urban Meyer survives this, especially 
with the fact that there's going to be some Title IX issues probably tied with this too because his wife is an employee of the university hospital. So she has a has a um, obligation. An obligation, yes, thank you, uh, to report these sorts of issues. Um, and it doesn't look like she did that either. So it's going to be a very uh, a very difficult time in the, in the Meyer household uh, moving forward. So I don't know. I don't know what's uh, what's going to happen, and it'll be interesting to see if Urban Meyer is shown the door by Ohio State. That is a premier job in college football that will become open. Um, and it'll be very interesting to see who they pull to take over that job. And I hope that maybe it's Dabo. <laughs> can, maybe, yeah. Can, can, I don't think he would go. I think he's pretty happy yeah, at I Clemson. I think Clemson might be a better job right now. Well, yeah. And he would take Venables with him, guaranteed. But please, please, take him. Somebody take Venables. Somebody take, take yes, him. there you go. Have him, please. There you go. That would that would not be bad. That would not be bad. Please come to Louisville. You can have all our coaches. We just want you. <laughs> I do wonder this, speaking of coaches and Louisville. Is this a a seat heating year for Bobby Petrino? In your Absolutely. opinion, absolutely, one hundred percent. And I think like <clears throat> it's just really hard because you kind of think about it. And it's like, what other coach would you want or get? Mm, um, I know one because they're just you know there just aren't that many coaches out there that are like amazing coaches you know like if you would ask me like a couple years ago i'd been like oh it'd be cool if like jimbo fisher came to coach here and now i'm like Psh, jimbo fisher i don't want jimbo fisher what a like, bum what a bum honestly. what a seven million dollar seven and a half million dollar a year bum just terrible like texas a&m is gonna be terrible like <laughs> you know it, it's just like why I, I don't know who i would want but it's like at this point how long are you satisfied with having, a, you know, the, be- the best talent we've ever had at Louisville consecutively um, and being in the best league we've ever been in and going and not even winning more than seven or eight games, maybe nine and losing bowl games every year? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I've, I, I think this is as close to a put up or shut up year as you can get to because – Louisville's really going to get to a point now where they have to make a decision. Are you okay with being an 8-win, 7-win, 9-win, middle-of-the-road, compete every once in a while for the title in the division but come up short type of team? Or do you want to be one of those top 1, 2, 3 teams in the ACC every single season where you're winning 9 games at the least and double-digit games every other time and you're beating the heads in of Clemson and Florida State and you're competing with them year in and year out for the top spot in your league and even if you don't have the top spot in your league it's because you're ranked you know 11th or 12th or 13th and Clemson's number one and Florida State's number six I mean is that what you want to be or are you okay being what you are right now and I think Louisville, as an athletic department, has to kind of make that choice, make that decision. 
Now, this could be a year where Bobby Petrino comes out, and we've seen it in, in his first tenure here at Louisville. When the expectations were not grand, Louisville came out and overachieved. Mm-hmm. That Orange Bowl team was not supposed to be an Orange Bowl team. But they came out and they vastly overachieved. So, and obviously, you're playing Big East talent and Conference USA talent. You're not playing ACC talent. I get that. But I'm just saying, the expectations are very low. I don't think there's a lot of people expecting a whole lot of Louisville this season. This would be the perfect year to come out and overachieve. Come out and win nine games. Come out and win ten games. Shock everybody. Lose to Alabama and Clemson and don't lose to anybody else. I mean, if you can have a season like that where you come out, you lose your first game to Alabama, you come home, you blow the doors off of Indiana State, Western Kentucky, at Virginia, you beat Florida State at home, you beat Georgia Tech at home, you go on the road, you exercise your demons at Boston College, you punk Wake Forest and crybaby Dave Clawson, and then you go on the road and you lose a tough game in Death Valley, you come back and you beat Syracuse, in the balloon that they play in, and then you come home and you smack around NC State, and then you beat the Kitty Cats. And you have a 10-2 and two season, and your two losses are to what will probably be top five teams. Mm-hmm. If that is the season... The teams that play, that play for the national Exactly. You're, you're losing to teams that are probably going to be in the Final Four. I mean, that's just... that's. That's the way it is. Alabama and Clemson will most likely be playoff teams. If those are the two teams that you lose to this season and you finish the year 10-2, and two, that is a hell of a season and a complete overachievement from the 6-6 six and six that some people think you're going to be. If that happens, Bobby Petrino has bought himself a few more seasons. I think, I, I, I think so. I think that is... That is the way it is. Now, I'm not saying if they go eight and five or, or you know, nine and three this season, that you know people are going to be banging. On, hell, even if they go seven and, and five, I don't think people are going to be banging on the door for Bobby Trino to be fired. Now, there will be some. There will be just like I've talked about with you and on this show numerous times that circle that a fan base is a circle, and then on the outer edges are your crazies, and then in the middle is kind of where everybody else is. I think your outer edges will start to make noise. But I don't know if the people in the middle, the the sane ones, the rational ones, I don't know if they're going to be making as much noise. Where, where do you fall in that? I mean, I know you're you're in the middle with me. You're not uh, you're not one of the crazies. But what do you think has to happen this year for for that seat to to not heat up for Bobby Petrino? Well, one thing you know, I'll say about the the circle thing is that you know. <laughs> Um, I, I think the people on the outer edge of the circle that have been calling for Bobby's head, they, it's a game by game basis. Yes. You know, when we're beating the crap out of Florida state, it's thank God Bob's back. He's the best we'll coach of college football. football, best, best coach in college football, G, offensive genius, yada, yada, all the buzzwords. And then, you know, the first time Alabama scores a touchdown, it's going to be, why are we still have Bobby? He's terrible. He's <laughs> never been good. You know, all this kind of stuff. So it's, it's an emotional game that I just do not like to play. Um, because it's it's exhausting. That's why you stay out of the outer edges. Yes, you, you avoid the outer edges at all costs, and, and unfortunately, a lot of <laughs> a lot of Twitter falls into the outer edges. Yes, um, yes, Twitter in itself is an outer edge. <laughs> that's true. It is. It is the the outer edge breeding ground. Um, <laughs> but as far as like what he has to do, I don't know if there's like 
necessarily one specific thing. Yeah, is it like a number, or is it just like what you need to see? I mean, because I, I can live with, if this is an 8-5 and five team, or sorry, an 8-4 and four team, but you can tell that they are getting better and that Puma is really maturing into the next stud quarterback at Louisville, but they, you know, they lost some games to some really good teams, but they finish eight and four, they go win a bowl game and they're nine and four. I could live with that. And because you're seeing, you know, an upward trajectory, there is momentum. Yeah. I I think more so than anything, I just want to see uh, competent like football. Um, yes. Because last year we had um, the defense just a lot of the time. I'm not going to say all the time, but a lot of the time they just looked just utterly inept and hmm. terrible. Like True. you knew, you knew there was more talent on the field than we were seeing, and it. That's when you just look at something. You're like, that's just terrible coaching. Um, and, and laziness in, in, from some players, and and I think that those things compound on top of each other because when you don't have success and you your coach is telling you to do one thing and you're not seeing the progress on the field and there's no adjustments, then you just get discouraged and you don't play as hard. And I'm talking from absolutely zero experience in in any sport outside of homeschool basketball. So um, <laughs> where you, you know, were a beast, don't lie. Yeah. I did play a little a hair of AAU baseball, but that doesn't even count. This is, you know, I'm just talking from a, a viewer saying the dirty AAU. Yeah, honestly, uh, I didn't get paid at all. Just I'm putting it out. I can't I imagine nothing of payments. I would have probably taken it had it been offered to me, but um, that's just full honesty there. Um, honesty on the no, breakdown. That's what we pride ourselves on. on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, it, it's just. I just want to see two cohesive, three cohesive units that play together and play like they know what's happening. If they are just purely outmatched, so be it. Like that's fine. If you go up against Alabama and your def- your offensive line just gets mowed over, but they do a real, they do their best and they they you know they can hold a decent pocket every once in a while. So be it. You're you're playing against Alabama. You're gonna be outmatched. You know it is what it is. But if you go in there and you're falling over before the snap, and your uh, your defense is giving up just wide open receivers, and and just the, all the stuff we've seen over the past couple of years um, on both sides of the ball is just that's when you start to go like, how effective is this coaching staff? Because we've been seeing the same blasted things for three seasons now with with seemingly no adjustments so that's that's what i'm going to look for more than anything it's just cohesive uh competent football um you know game to game and and you know it's consistency game to game and i feel like that's not too much to ask for and you really hit the nail on the head with your last point there consistency that is something that has sorely sorely lacked for louisville for several seasons now so I'm right there with you on that one. Consistency is a big key, and it's something that we really need moving forward. I mean, you can't you can't have games where you play really, really well, and then the bottom just completely falls out. And we saw that last year, and we saw that the year before. So I'm with you on, on consistency. That is something that, that I'm looking for uh, as well. 
Guys, hit us up on Twitter. It's at the Breakdown UL at Taylor Lynch at Lewis Metzinger, the Breakdown UL.com as well. I'm turning around here to see uh, I get Sports Center on behind me. It's the Urban Meyer. Okay, he's still just on administrative leave. Um, okay. So nothing new there. Just just double checking on that one to uh, to make sure I'm not missing anything. No. Still placed on administrative leave uh, from Ohio State. So that's still going on. Um Football around the corner, we touched on that, but it's also been a busy season um, for Chris Mack, new Louisville head basketball coach on the recruiting trail, uh, been out um, really working some guys. Josh Nickelberry has committed, um, so that was a big one. I know a lot of Louisville fans excited about that. Um, now, his his rating did drop a little bit, but um, he didn't have a fantastic spring, so that's kind of a, a part of that, but really good player, uh, really good piece to get this recruiting class started for Chris Mack. Uh, Louisville's in on several really high-profile guys. Um, it's going to be a big class for him, not just in numbers, but also in perception. Um, so I've been really impressed with what he's been doing. Louis, I know you are, you don't, you're not like know every single guy, but I know that you're into recruiting. So I know you've probably been excited to see these guys that, that Chris Mack has offered and that he's been out on the recruiting trail going after, because these are, these are really talented guys. And I think a lot of people that thought, you know, it's going to take years and years before Louisville basketball is back. I think they may be, um, maybe in some crow because, Looks like uh, Chris Mack's not having too tough of a time uh, out on the recruiting trail. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is we, we've only had, you know, we've had, what, a walk-on, um, a grad transfer, two grad transfers, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, yes, two. yep, yep, Quan um, Four and um, Cunningham from um, yes. Sam Samford. Goodness, if you asked me their names, dude, <laughs> no chance I'd be able to tell you. Um <laughs> I'm not there yet. Um, but yeah, no, Nickelberry, I think he'll be great. And, and I, I love that we have two guys that on other sports, uh, we've got, um, Jake Johnson and Nickelberry for basketball. Mm-hmm. They like recruit the heck out of all these other yes. players. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter what, um, what level the guys they're trying to recruit are, whether they're way over Louisville's level or not. They're, every time they're on Twitter, just just trying to get other guys here. And that's something that you really want to see because it, it goes to show that it's not like, oh, this was my only option. And so, I'm just, you know, they wanted me here. They offered me a lot of playing time. Like, these guys are excited to be at Louisville. And, and you know, especially in basketball where you wouldn't think that would even be potential that anyone would be excited about that. Um, you know, and you've got guys that are highly rated, you know, maybe not as highly rated as other guys you've had, but still very highly rated coming off of one of the most significant scandals in, in college basketball history. Um, and, and they're excited to be here. So that goes to show the kind of culture that Chris Mack brings with him. And I think it's a culture like refresh that we've really, really needed. So uh, I'm excited. I think so too. Uh, just like you said there with the refresh of the culture, that is something that is desperately needed here at Louisville going into this upcoming basketball season. And, I mean, when you're recruiting guys as well with names like Rocket Watts, uh, yeah. that's that's exciting to me too because I need a guy. Can we please, please get Rocket Watts? I need a guy on, on our team named Rocket. That would be awesome. Um, 
Gosh, what was I getting ready to ask you? I hate when that happens. I'm way too young to be having moments like this where I just completely lose my entire train of thought and forget the things that I was going to ask you. I remember now. All right, it's back to me. Um, I mentioned it, you know, the fans that, my doomsdayers, as I call them, that uh, that say it's going to be years before Louisville basketball is back and Louisville basketball is competitive again. Um, based on kind of what we've seen so far this summer and the the buzz that Chris Mack can can generate for this program and has generated for this program, not just on the recruiting circuit, but you know nationally and and in the city. How long do you think? it's going to take before we see Louisville basketball, you know, I I hate to use the term back, but, you know, before we see Louisville basketball the way we remember it. Um, I I give it three seasons, including this one. Mm -hmm. I think you give it, you get a guy like, you got a guy like Nickelberry coming in, then you get a couple more, maybe you get Rocket Watts. If you get Rocket Watts, a guy like that, then I, I think maybe two. But I think you give it another, let those guys play out, let the grad transfers come and make a difference on some of the younger guys. And then you've got, you're coming into your next season and you can really, really uh, build on that because uh, Coach Mack will have one year under his belt to kind of leave his mark and and kind of show what he's about. Um, And then I think you give it that next recruiting cycle, which I'm giving it two years. And I think three full seasons and you've got the point where Louisville's like, in competition for all the big name guys and and bringing in some of that. Now, obviously, that depends on how well Chris Mack does. But I think the thing about him that makes him so appealing to to Louisville fans is that he's just really just a good guy, <laughs> and it, it's just um, much needed. And so I, I don't think he'll have any problem drawing in good guys to your program. And that's what you want more than the stars. You want you know you want guys that are solid guys, good guys. And I think Louisville's, uh, honestly, I think we've, you know, with the exception of a couple guys, we've had some really, really good dudes here on, uh, you know, in the city. And that's what I care about more than their ratings, honestly, because as we've seen, you know, ratings are fluky anyway. So I think three years until it's, um, you can officially, you know, put that stamp down Louisville's back. But until that point, I am perfectly fine with flying under the radar because Lord knows we have not done that. Yeah, I, I, it's funny that you mentioned that. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you as far as being okay with people maybe not talking about us right now. Let us build something. Let us get something good rolling here. Then you want to talk about us, then you could talk about us, but talk about us for the right reasons and not so much the wrong reasons. But, yes, Chris Mack is definitely the guy that's gonna that can turn it around and that can get Louisville competitive sooner rather than later. Um, and if he signs a really solid recruiting class, which – you know, we have no reason to think he won't. If he signs a really solid recruiting class, then, then yeah, I'm right there with you. I think it's I think it's three years, and then Louisville's really back to being a year in year out competitive team that you know was going to make the NCAA tournament. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited for basketball season, but I'm excited for football season because it's right around the corner and it's so close. Um, have you made plans, Lewis, to make it? to any football games this season. Let's talk about this because we talk about it every year. Okay. We need to you need to start making your plans. You need to at least pick one game. Let's shoot for um let's see. I feel like 
you should shoot for the Florida State game. Hmm. Okay, I have not watched Florida State live, so. But I feel like Western Kentucky is going to be the more tangible ticket. Yeah. Um, I don't also, know. Georgia Tech to, on a Friday night is going to be fun. Do we have a Thursday night game? We don't have a Thursday this season. We've got the Friday night game, the Georgia Tech game. But the last Friday night Georgia Tech blackout, or the last Friday night blackout game that you came to was the Duke game, and that was absolutely terrible. So maybe you should stay away from that one. <laughs> maybe you should yeah. stay away from Friday night blackout games because that is that has already been announced that that will be a blackout. Um, so maybe you should stay away from that one because that Duke game was. Yeah. That was atrocious. Yep, that's um, that's pretty bad. One of the worst games I've sat in in the now Cardinal Stadium sans the Papa Johns. How do you feel about that? Where do you where do you come down on that whole no longer being Papa John's Cardinal Stadium and just being Cardinal oh, Stadium? I, I love it. I hope they keep it just Cardinal Stadium. Uh, the Papa John's was just complete. I don't, we can get rid of the yum, the yum thing too, and just have like what the center. I don't know. What? Yeah, but just call it the center. That'd be sick. <laughs> welcome to the center. We'd have like Sean Moth doing like some big booming welcome to the center. It'd be so sick. That actually would be pretty cool. Like as <laughs> that would be pretty neat. That just started as a joke, but I actually. Uh... I'm actually kind of with you on that one. That would be pretty cool. But, yeah, I, I'm cool with it. I, I'm happy with just being Cardinal Stadium. And it's a little throwback. That's what it used to be. It was just Cardinal Stadium. Um, so, yeah, I'm okay with that. I do think they will um, bring somebody else in as a sponsor. But uh, but I'm cool with it just being, just being Cardinal Stadium right now. I am super excited to see the new stadium. Once it's once it's completed uh, for that first game against the powerhouse Indiana State Sycamores, um, I'm really excited though to see what that stadium's going to look like because I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, the oh, renderings be have been sick. Uh, the new screen they've got one of them up already. It's massive. I think my mom will even be able to see that. So thank goodness. Um, yep. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that for her. Um, she is just thrilled that they're going to be pointing one directly at our section um, so she won't miss a minute of the action on the screens even though it's taking place right in front of us on the field all game long that's okay that's all right that's fine that's cool it happens um trying to think if there's anything uh anything else really pressing that we uh, haven't touched on anything that you want to get to that we haven't got to yet in the show because we've kind of We've kind of covered a lot right now in our first one back. Um, anything weighing on you, pressing on you right now that you want to get off your chest? Um, tune in tonight, 8 o'clock, NBC, Lamar Jackson. Yes. Playing for the Ravens. Thank you. Yes. That is all. I am. I'm. The problem is now i got to go home. i got to pick up some dinner. Now i got to go home. Then i got to tell Bethany that we are not going to be watching The Amazing Race, but we are, in fact, going to be watching The Ravens. <laughs> so, prayers up, bless up for Lewis Metzinger trying to convince his wife to watch a Ravens game. So, 
you know, if you don't hear from me next week, just know we know uh, it that didn't go well. Yeah, we we know that uh, that she watched Amazing Race. Yeah, um, don't know what you did. Um, no, or if we'll ever I, hear I from you again. But she, yeah, <laughs> I could see you in your car with YouTube TV, just close yeah. enough that you still get your Wi-Fi signal. But <laughs> yeah. Just like right outside, yeah. like in the road somewhere. Yes. Just watching the Ravens game on my phone, and she's got the door locked. Yeah. And get back in. <laughs> yeah, but that is tonight, eight o'clock. Uh, thank you for NBC because I did not know. Um, how much do you think he plays tonight? I heard he was getting the majority of the snaps. So this may uh, be the most you get to see Lamar Jackson in a Ravens uniform this season actually play. Yeah, maybe. Uh, unless Joe Flacco goes to receiver like he should because he's a bum. So, <laughs> What are your thoughts? I mean, do you think that, that Lamar is going to actually play significant time this season? I, dude, I sure hope so. Like, My, my greatest fear, though, is that I'm going to be watching him play on a Sunday afternoon or something, and he's just going to get in some really tough injury, oh. like trying to juke somebody, trying to spin out of somebody, just getting absolutely blasted. Um, and that, that freaks me out. Like I, I'd rather just watch him sitting on the sideline wrapped in bubble wrap, um, <laughs> you know, making millions. That's what I want to see. Like he's all sealed up. Don't open this one yet. We're not uh, ready. Do not, not ready yet. He needs, <laughs> but he has beefed up. Like there's no oh, yeah. about it. Like he's looking shredded and, um, you know, I'm sure he'll be amazing. So I think I, I'm happy for him and I'm excited to see, you know, no matter how much he plays, you know, it's just a matter of time before Flacco's out the door, so it doesn't really matter anyway. So Yeah, I am excited. I, I'm excited to watch it tonight. I'm excited to see him. I hope that he actually gets a significant playing time this season. And, I mean, if the Ravens' plan is to move on after this year from Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson, you would assume that they will work him in a little more, that he will get some – you know, some more significant playing time uh, this season, if that is the plan, uh, so you don't just throw him to the Wolves next season, um, because all indications are that uh, that this could be the uh, swan song for one Joe Flacco. Um, but, you know, kudos to him. He did get his one Super Bowl, so he does have his ring. Um, so he's got that going for him. But um, I think Lamar Jackson is... is Going to be the quarterback of the future for the Ravens. I think they have the perfect setup there for him as far as coaches go. Um, I think that it is it is a, a perfect situation for him. So we shall we shall see how that goes. But uh, yes, tonight eight o'clock NBC, the first of uh, many preseason games uh, getting going. Of course, this is the Hall of Fame game there in Canton. Uh, so do not miss it. Uh, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens in action uh, tonight. Who do they play, Lewis? Do you know? I don't. Of course you don't. Of course you don't know that. That's all right. Uh, that's all the time we have for tonight, guys. We will be back next week. Uh, more football talk as we will have been through one week of fall camp. So we will get into that uh, next week as well. All kinds of other stuff. Of course, we'll have an update on the Urban Meyer situation at Ohio State. And, um, and anything else that goes on between now and then. For Lewis, I'm Taylor. This has been another episode of The Breakdown. Check out the website, thebreakdownul.com. Hit us up on Twitter, at Taylor Lynch, at Lewis Metzinger. Have a great weekend, guys. Go Cards. We'll talk to you next week. I got this down deep inside. And I want you to make it all right. You don't have to get up and name break
No, you can slip out if 